0: rest of that verse goes be still and know know that i am god i think many of the problems that we have in the world today is because we don't believe that god is god we don't know that god and we don't try to know him and uh as we've started this study, I'm going to try to kind of follow along through it. We've been talking about what it is to be a disciple. And I'm going to try to tie that into this morning, but in order for us to know and to be a disciple, we have to know what we believe in and who we believe in. And most everything I was telling in the Sunday school class this morning, most everything, most all of our theology, most all of our doctrine comes out of the first part of Genesis. And it comes from, do I believe that God is God? And we have to start there. A disciple has to start there. All Jesus' disciples had to start with, they believed that God was God and that he was the only God. And so this morning, we're going to read one verse. Let's all stand. We're going to read Genesis 1-1. This is very familiar to you. But this morning, I pray that you will do what these verses do. Hold this in your heart and believe it. And don't just believe it, but live it. Live. You see, if I believe what is in Genesis 1-1, I live different. It makes me live different if I really believe Genesis 1-1. If I don't believe Genesis 1-1, I live different. If If I don't believe that God is real, I live different. If I do believe God is real, I live different. And so, Hold on to it and let's read this. I've hidden your word in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Let's read Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens, and the earth. You say, Pastor, that's not much reading this morning. If you believe this, it will change everything about the way you live. If you believe this, if this is true and you live it, it will change everything. Let's pray this morning. Father, we need your help this morning. Father, we just need you to come And renew our belief in this, that you are God, because that's what this means. We believe that you're God and that everything came from you and that everything that we have comes from you and that you are sustaining us right now. And Father, if we really believe that, Father, it will call us to live differently in this world that we live in. And so, Father, right now, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to help us to hear, help us to look at our own lives and ask, am I living like I really believe this? And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Everything that is the core of who we believe, everything that is the core of our theology, the core of our doctrine, comes out of Genesis. And as we start down this 12-week journey through the Bible, we're going to continue to look at what it is to be a disciple and what that means to follow and what do I have to believe. Everyone, everyone in the world is following something. Everyone in the world gives their life to something. They have a belief system that they give their life to. If they don't believe in God, they're giving their life to something else, themselves or a cause or something. If you believe in God, you're giving your life to him and his cause and his word and what he says. If you don't believe in him, you're giving it to something else. Some people give their life to their job. Some people give their life to being famous. Some people give their uh, life to a cause. There's something that they believe in and and the cause can be a charity or it can be fishing. It doesn't matter. They give their life to something and everyone gives their life to something. And if whatever it is that you give your life to, that's what you believe is the most important thing. And we as Christians believe that it all begins with God created. We believe that God is the most important and that he sets the order of what we believe in. And we can believe in other things, but everyone believes in something. Our religion, the the Christian religion, no other religion gives such a detailed description of the beginning as the Bible does. The book of Genesis explains most of the main points of the doctrine of of Christianity. And as you read Genesis, I want you to let God talk to you. And, And if you can read it, you will understand most of what it means to be a Christian. If you can see the truth of God in Genesis, you will pick up three things that are so important to what it means to be a Christian. Man, what man is, what creation is, what sin is, and what redemption is. And we learn all of those things in Genesis. And a disciple has to see these things. We can't operate the way that the world teaches. We have to operate in the way that God teaches, and we have to have God's view on man, on sin, and on redemption. We have to see things how God sees it. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is creation, about man's creation, about the creation man. We have to see creation like God does. Christians believe that God has always been. We believe that God is a good God. We believe that God is a righteous God. We believe that God is a just God. And because we are created, we are below him. The created is never above the creator. I, uh, I have a, I have, you know me, I was very, very slow to get into the, uh, to, into the 21st century or 22nd century, whatever century it is we're in. And I was very slow to buy a smartphone. And this is a really cheap smartphone. It's, it's dumb for most smartphones, but it's smarter than, it's smarter than me. But, but I didn't create this. And I, and I love this thing because I can ask it questions. Where is this and where is that? And it knows all the answers. And I think this thing is pretty smart. But you know who's smarter? The guy who made it. The guy that made this is smarter than this phone. And he was able to make the phone do this. And so the created is always under the creator. And we have to live that way. We have to believe that we are under the creator the creator sets the limits. The cre- we, we, we hear this in Job. I've been reading out of Job. And, and Job's friends come and they give all these big long, uh, they pontificate for hours and hours and tell him everything that is. And finally God has enough and he goes, here's the deal, I'm going to tell you what's going on. He goes, where were you all when I set the boundaries of the world? Okay, because I don't remember any of you being there because they were telling who God was and how God works and all this stuff. And he goes, I don't remember you guys when I set the foundations of the earth. And he goes, I've got a whole storehouse of snow and I tell it when it's gonna snow and I tell it when it's gonna stop and I put it wherever I want to. He says, in the oceans, I say you go this far and you can't go any farther. And he goes, and you guys don't do that, all right? God is the creator. God is the sustainer. God runs everything. God is almighty. And if we don't believe that, our whole belief system is messed up. And it trickles down into everyday life. And we think, oh, well, how important is that? It means everything. Because if you don't believe God is the creator, you'll live like God's not the creator. If you do believe God's the creator, you'll live like God. And you say, well, of course, but you'll live different. You'll live different. If you really believe this, you'll live different. The worldview of creation is that all of a sudden, uh, everything came out of nothing. There was a big bang, and, and something came up, and, and we all crawled out of the dirt, and then we, then we uh, evolved and all this stuff. And I was talking about it in Sunday school. I, I do not but i do agree that there is evolution okay don't slaughter me wait a second we evolve within species we have a we have a gentleman here that's a he works for a genetic company and I was talking about cows. And cows are way different than they, even when I was a kid, the cows are, are bigger and they give more milk and they're longer. And, and, they, and the, that was, we, 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 our milk cows look different than they did 60 years ago. 60 years ago, an Angus stood about, the back of them was about that tall. They looked like a 55-gallon barrel with little short legs. They had real short legs. And they were fat as they could be. And if you cut meat off an Angus, you'd have that much fat on them, all right? And everybody said, amen. Mm, mm-mm. But now they're raising this Angus up to where, because everybody's so fat conscious. Everybody but me. <laughs> I just retain water. That's all this is. That's all it is. No, <laughs> I'm fat, I'm fat. Anyway, but they've, 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 they've bred that out of them. There's not near as much fat and marbling as there was. And if you see an Angus, they're a little bit taller, they're a leaner animal, and they're different. But it's still an Angus. It's still a cow. Nothing has ever jumped species, ever. Now, they can evolve within the species. They can have, you know, I think I think when I was a kid, you never saw a size 14 shoe. I mean, if anybody wore, you have every, nearly every store you go to now has a size 14 shoe. Why? Because somehow or another our feet are getting bigger. I don't know why. My feet are getting bigger. Probably just from the weight pushing them down and they're going out. But anyway, they're getting bigger. But anyway, we evolve, but we never jump species. Okay? All right? We believe. That, that the world believes that we came from nothing and that we evolved, and so we're all made of the same thing. So if we're all made of the same thing, then we all have what? The same value, okay? And nothing has more value than the other. So an animal has the same value as a human being, okay? Well, that's not how we believe. That's not how the church believes because we believe we were created in God's image, And because we were created in God's image, we are more valuable than other life, okay? And human life has great value. If we believe like God believes, and we believe like Christians believe, we believe that we have great value. If you believe like the world believes, then nothing has value. And when nothing has value, then you live like that. You understand? Okay, if, if human life has no value, what's the first thing we get rid of? Babies. Who needs a baby? Babies are, babies, are, they, they make a mess and, and they're all kinds of trouble. Let's just get rid of the babies. They have no real value anyway. Okay, who's the next people we get rid of? The old people, right? <laughs> Eldon, you're out. You're gone. Eldon was the one who said it. He's afraid right now. Look at him shake. The old people. Who needs the old people? I don't, they just—they just cause trouble and cost money, and they're—they're they're such a pain in the rear end because they're just—they're just. I shouldn't have said that, but anyway, they—they're old, okay. And I'm getting there, and that's how the world thinks. And do you see how we're headed that way? How we're headed that way? Okay, and then who's the next people that we want to get rid of? I mean, if, if we're getting rid of people, let's just get rid of, who else are we going to get rid of? Huh? Disabled. Who? Disabled the disabled people. Who needs them around? Man, they're, man we wouldn't have, if, we, if, if there'd been no, just, we wouldn't have built this ramp. You know how much our ramp cost? <sighs> get rid of the disabled people, we wouldn't have to have that. Okay? Or let's just, and then the next people, the people that don't agree with me. I mean, let's get rid of them. I mean, because they're a pain. They're always messing everything up, the people that don't. You see how we, if nothing has any value, it starts this, and you say, oh, pastor, we would never get there. We're there, okay? If my mindset is God is not the creator, if, if God is not the creator, everything is equal value, and therefore nothing has any value... So let's just get rid of the people I don't like and it's survival of the fittest, okay? That's not what we believe. We believe that the babies who have no uh, way of, I mean, they, they can't do anything for themselves. They're the most helpless thing that ever was. But because they're created in the image of God, they have great value. I got, I got to go up and see Nick Shepard this week. I don't know if any of you know Nick Shepard. Nick Shepard cannot do anything. He sits curled up, his arms are all curled up and he lays his head on a pillow. He really can't do anything. He's terribly disabled. And yet when Jesse and Renee speak, he just smiles. He I see God in him more clearly than I do some normal people. Does that make sense? Renee will say, hey, Nick, Pastor Brian wants to pray with you. He just smiles all over himself. She said, every time someone says something about God, he just, well, he loves God. He's created in the image of God. And you say, well, he has no use. He has no earthly use. He is showing who God is. He is He is the image of God. And you say well how can he image God? Every time he smiles, he images who God is. He images the goodness of God. Some people are able to provide and that shows the image of God. Some people bring protection, that is the image of God. Nick shows the goodness of God. He shows God's love. Now does he he doesn't get up and move around? He can do nothing for himself, but every time he smiles, he shows the goodness of God. And he has great value. has great value. Okay. But if I believe that nothing has more value then nothing has any value, does that make any sense? Okay. So I have to believe that God is God. If God is not God, then there is no authority. There is no standard. There is no way it's survival of the fittest. And when people no longer have value life, then, then their worldview does that. We believe that we protect all life Even life that disagrees with us. Do you know what? There's a lot of people, there's a lot of groups that disagree with the Church of the Nazarene. You know what? I'll fight for their ability to disagree with me. I do not agree. I don't think homosexuality is a way to live life. But I will defend a homosexual's right to live that way. And you say, a pastor. Because if I don't, who is? Who is? If I don't, who is? They have, Everyone has a right to sin. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's right. I don't want them to. But when we start down this road, if you started in, if you started in Germany, nobody said anything when the Jews got taken away. Nobody said when the disability people, the disabled got taken away. Nobody said anything when he started taking more and more and more. When it got down to the end, there was nobody to say anything. Does that make sense? And so even though we don't agree with everybody, we never agree that it's okay to get rid of that group. Does that make sense? Hear me here. If you misunderstand me, you're going to miss me today. Okay? we don't want to live like we don't want to live like everybody else does we don't want to get rid of groups we want to get rid of sin but we don't want to get rid of groups okay i I hope i said that right we have to have the white right worldview of man the christian view of man is that god was that man was created in god's image we were created to show who God was. We believe that we see the full image of God in marriage. Uh, man has some attributes of God. Woman has some attributes of God. There's things that my wife does that, that I can't do. She, uh, she is a detail person. She is a nurturer. She has those things. I don't have those things. So she has those things. Uh, there's things that I do that she doesn't do. So you put us together and you see the full image of God. Okay? We believe that it is in the family that we see the full image of God, and he created us to image him. We believe that we were created good. Okay? When we were created in the first state, we believe that we were created not only good, God said, this is very good. Man was doing a really good job. And he said, this is really, really good. And I don't know how long it was before we fell... But this is really important. We were created very good with no sin. And we were in this relationship with God. And, 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 the, and Adam was accepting that God was in authority. They lived in this wonderful place. They didn't have to have a refrigerator. They didn't have to have their food uh, vacuum sealed. They didn't have to have it packaged. The word says that every plant was good for food. Can you imagine that? You just graze all day long, you know, walk by a flower. That's really nice. I mean, everything, it says, I don't need to have a refrigerator. Why? I can go eat the grass out of my yard. It said everything was good for food. I didn't have to have anything. I didn't have to worry about anything. You didn't have to, it was awesome, okay? Everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, sin comes in. And man was best at his creation, but then he sinned. And, uh, and when he sinned, God said, don't do this. And the reason he said that is because he was saying, don't choose. You don't get to choose what is right and wrong. And man said, I will choose. I will decide what's right and wrong. It kind of sounds like, what, who am I thinking about? Oh, us, our country. All of a sudden it's the, the Bible is completely thrown out what has governed us for over two hundred years, what we have said, we as a our, our government was set up on morality, okay? Everybody says it wasn't, but it was. On Judeo-Christian values, and, and the and the govern and, and the only way our government works is if you have people who have moral values, okay? It will not work when people lose their moral values, which is why we're seeing what we're seeing, okay? You have to have a moral people to have a republic, okay? And so what happened was Adam and Eve said, I think we'll decide what's right and wrong. Sounds like us, doesn't it? We'll, we'll decide what's right and wrong. We'll take a vote and see what's right or wrong. You can't, you can't decide what right and wrong is by a vote. You have to go back to the source to find out what's right and wrong, okay? Because if you have... You got 10 people in a room and five and six of them think they ought to kill one of them. Does that make it right? No. Well, we all voted and six of them said it was okay to get rid of so-and-so. The old people, (laughs) the old person would be the first. No, I'm just joking. But just just because you have a majority doesn't make it right. And in the country we live in, you don't even have to. If you even have the minority, you can still change and make it right or wrong or whatever. So anyway, you don't, you don't, you don't make moral choices by uh, by elections and things like that. We we make it by what God says is right and wrong. And so man fell. So man started off good. He started off right. Everything was great. In fact, God said he's very good and it is a and the story of the bible is a catastrophe of what man has become we continue to become more and more and more base and you look at the bible and you think look at the way those guys lived back then we're doing the same thing only we've invented new ways to do it that are more convenient and man started off good and has made and has become very very bad okay it's it's a the the story in the bible is a catastrophe okay that's the christian view the world view is man started from nothing and he is evolving and getting better all the time and if you just give him enough time he'll be fantastic do you see you see the difference you have one that has a true view of man who is a sinner and he continues to become worse and worse and the story is a catastrophe and the only way he can be saved is if somebody comes in from outside a savior and can bring him out of this because he just continues to get worse and worse this is the real story of man Or the worldview is the man started from nothing and he's just getting better all the time. He don't need no savior. If you just give him long enough, if he just becomes reincarnated enough or he just works hard enough or if he's just good enough, he'll become very good. You see, you have the worldview and you have the Christian view and they're completely polar opposites. And if you live your life like that, you see that you'll live completely different. So we have to have a right worldview of man. We believe that man is basically, the world believes that man is basically good. He is not. He is evil. The Christian belief is that man is evil. The world belief is that man is basically good, and if he just keeps being better, he'll get better all the time. It doesn't work that way. We have to have a savior. We get worse all the time. The third thing is we have to have a, a, a belief of sin. We have to understand what sin is. God says to obey me, and, and we talked about this, don't eat from the tree, and, and, and they did. Sin is always a willful act of rebellion against God. We know what God wants us to do. He's explained it to us, what he wants us to do. And we shake our little fist at the almighty God and say, I will do what I want to do. You know how, and I know I have have preached this over and over. We learned this morning as we was going through the first books of the Bible, the Bible just repeats over and over again. Remember, 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 remember what sin is. We need to remember what sin is. Remember, I mean, we need to remember that sin is us telling almighty God who has... The universe into being. That God who keeps the world spinning, who provides us with everything we need, who puts a spark of life in us. Every breath we have is because of Him, who has fearfully and wonderfully made us, who knit us together in our mother's womb. And He says, This is what I have for you. And we shake our fist at Him and say, I do whatever I want to. Sin is awful, sin is a terrible rebellion and we have to have the right view of sin and to to understand it we have to understand that the wage of sin is death you earn death that is the penalty of 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 sin and you can't do enough good things the the mind the, the world view is well if i do enough good things it'll pay back all the bad things i've done you can't do it you can't be good enough to, do, to, to undo all the bad that you've done. How would you ever go about it? How would you ever do it? We have to have someone from the outside come and save us. We have to have a savior. And this is where wrong thinking gets us. We stand guilty before God, the judge. We have sinned. And we say, oh, I've done a lot of good things. Can you imagine standing before God? And he says, you are guilty of sin. Oh, I did a lot of good things. Try that, try that over at Webster County Courthouse. Go shoot somebody. And they say, you shot this guy and killed him. But I did a lot of good things. Why can't I get off for this? I did a lot of good things. See what they do. They'll go, we don't care. And that's what God says. It doesn't matter. You, you are guilty of that. And we have to have a Savior that comes in and says, I will pay the fine. Jesus says, I will take on all of your sin. I will take your death. And he did that on the cross. He came and took all of our sin, all of our penalty. And all we have to do is accept him and and repent and leave our sin. And he takes on and pays our debt for us if we will just do that. We need a Savior. And God sent his Savior to earth. He was born like us. He lived like us. But he was sinless. And he took on our punishment of sin and paid all of it. He went into hell. He descended into hell and received all the punishment for every sin that ever would be done. And after he received that, he walked out and grabbed the keys on the way out and said, I hold the the keys to death and hell. He paid it all. We have to come to a place where we repent of our sin. Where we hate our sin so bad that we leave it and don't want to do it anymore. And we stand before the Lord and Satan says, he's a sinner. And we are, and we're guilty. We stand guilty. But we say, I've joined with Jesus. That's the only way out. Is Jesus standing before the Father and said, yeah, he sinned. But he repented, and I took his sin, and I paid his price. Father, he's with me. It's not what you know, it's it's who you know, and how we'll make it into heaven. I want to ask you this morning, what's your worldwide view? What is your worldview? Do you see the world as as God does, as, as uh, in the beginning God and that everything comes out of God? Or has the, the view of the world snuck in to your belief system? You know, it's, it's interesting to me that, that if you listen and you, and you really understand what God says about things, you'll find in yourself, you'll be like, I can feel that sneaking in on the way I think. I can hear that in the things that my kids listen to. I can hear that in the things that I see them being taught. I can hear that in the things that I listen to coming from the, from the commercials of, of uh, the TV and things like that, of, of the worldview sneaking in on them. And it's hardly ever a brash, this is what you, it's usually just slow and subtle until you've slipped away from it and you didn't even realize you were there. You hear things and you think, well, well, maybe that would be a good idea. I've caught, my se- I've caught myself listening to the way that the world thinks about things. And I'll think about it for just a second and I'll be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. But it's so slow and so subtle. And I'm telling you, parents, you've got to guard your families against this. You have to guard your kids. You better know what they're being taught where they're being taught and, and what's being taught in their classroom. and what's, Find out what they're learning at church. Everything that comes into their mind, you need to be the gatekeeper and find out what it is. And teach them the worldview that everything comes from in the beginning, God. As we go through this the next 12 weeks, we have to understand that we have to have a God worldview, or we're not gonna make it. My God worldview changes everything, that I, the way I live. It changes the way I spend money. It changes the way I, I, what I do for a living. It changes the house I live in. It changes the way I raise my kids. My worldview affects everything. It affects everything. If you leave God out, it affects everything. It affects the the way you spend money, the way you live, your uh, job, everything. It affects everything. What is your worldview this morning? Does everything in your life flow from the worldview that God is God of everything? I want us to stand this morning. I was just going to let you go, but I, I want—I feel like maybe somebody needs to pray this morning. Lance, won't you come for just a minute? Maybe as we've talked this morning, you've said, "Pastor, somehow, or another my—I see this." Wrong way of thinking, sneaking into my life, and I don't want to be that way, and I need to repent this morning from that. Or, or maybe you just need to pray this morning, I don't know what's going on in your life this morning. And maybe you're a parent, and you say, this morning I've not done a good job guarding my home I need to guard what's coming into my kids' life because they hear this stuff and they just assume that it's the way that it is because somebody said it. You need to sit down with your kids and say, this is what we believe and why. This is how we think of the things and no matter what anybody else says, this is what God says and so that's how we live. I don't know where you are this morning, but if you need to pray this morning, If your worldview needs to be changed a little bit today, come and pray as we sing. We're going to sing just for a moment. You have longed for sweet peace and for faith to.